This just became amazing content. It went from being like mediocre, like very deep, deep shit. Like, yeah, if people are vibing with what he's trying to say, they might listen to this. To great content. All of a sudden. That's what happens. Pepper for Your Steak is an adult podcast for those aged 25 years and older. Scientists and doctors tell me that that's the age that your frontal cortex is finally fully formed, whatever that means. Supposedly, that's when your brain is finished cooking. I- I'm not recommending anything in here, and I certainly don't accuse anybody of anything. This is all a work of fiction, fantasy, and entertainment. Enjoy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, here, here, let me give you my statement. Here, I'll right. give you the scoop. Fuck right. you. Do I'll you... say a bunch of shit you can't talk, you can't put on your air. Do you, will, will you just walk by them? I'm like, I'm not interested in talking to you. Right. Yeah, this is not how it works. You don't just show up to get an interview. You schedule it through right. There's like proper channels. channels. There's yeah. proper channels. Yeah. yeah. You know how to do it. They what? know how to do it. They just think they're going to be like, this is news. You guys are archaic. You're not right. even real. Yes. Yeah, like you guys gotcha. are fucking shaman. Like, does anyone care? Does anyone care? Unfortunately, some people do, and that's what I'm here to fix. Today is Sunday, December 1st. My name is Maverick Matthews. This is pepper for your steak. See, we live in both a very fragile and precious experiment in democracy, and we live in an empire that is experiencing profound decline. So, so you're saying the reptilians are luring humans to like Hawaii to vacate to vacation spots? Matthews pepper fruit <laughs> holiday edition. <clears throat> you should find time in your holidays to laugh that hard, also. And if you didn't, well, you're missing the whole point. <laughs> we had some chuckles uh, for our family Thanksgiving, but the, you know. I realize how important they are every time it happens. You're like, man, we should be spending more time like this. Hello, this is Pepper for your steak. Um, this little episode 
is brought to you uh, by a little company I like to call me. I'm here with you. Yeah. Try to put my fucking jacket on. Not as smooth as I'd hoped. Okay. Now, make sure we have the list. What I'm doing here is I'm putting on uh, my jacket to go for a walk with you guys. Walk. We're going for a walk. I sound crazy or maybe even intoxicated. I'm not. I just... Maybe I'm both without drugs. Okay. We're going to go for a walk because... uh, I get the feeling like maybe a lot of people didn't make it outside during their holiday. Also, I think it's fucked up that in our country um, now, and I hate to say something negative right off the bat here, but... (coughs) (coughs) Jesus. Shit is fucking hit. Uh, I think it's fucked up that I study... You know, like ancient European history, Greek history, shit like that. And you learn that they had festivals which lasted for a long time. And occasionally they would have festivals that lasted for a really long time. These things are so important for us. One thing that I found is really true is... uh, the less you spend time with your family, the more it takes to acclimatize yourself to that environment again. And this is a shame. Because that could be time spent doing something fun, you know? And I I went th- through so much of my life in, like, this PTSD mental state that I was barely able to sort of figure out what the fuck was going on. I'm trying to have a good time, don't get me wrong, but... Now that I'm forced to dissect it and sort of evaluate it, figure out how to put it together myself, man, there is a lot that goes into a Thanksgiving dinner, you know, from polishing the silver to getting that burden. I didn't leave the kitchen for four hours and I was only cooking for three people and three animals. You know, so I, I just really give it up to people who cook for their whole families, traditional style, the grandmas, the grandpas, the, the people who are really killing it, you know, on the on that front. It's unbelievable what it takes to get that done. Now, look, a lot of different religions, a lot of different Groups are coming together this time of year. I'm not trying to be biased towards any of them, so discount any of my comments which seem that way. Uh, But I will say this. I don't believe in the cult of, like, pro sports. (laughs) The best Thanksgivings I remember, there was a herd of kids, and... The adults would come outside after dinner, and we would all play sports, you know, before and after. It was engaging. Everybody was doing things. We were all getting out there. 
we were, we were so excited just to be in each other's company, you know, we would swim all day and, or play football and soccer or run around and do whatever, just, families ebb and flow, and I have seen at least one circle of one family from the flow to the ebb, and now it's my job to get it back to the flow, and, uh, at least in my little teeny tiny ring, right? That's hard. That's hard, hard to do. But one of the things we've been doing is kind of rebuilding our own rituals, you know, taking a good look at what it is that people do. Oh, look at that sunset right there. That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> it's so fucked up that people have this little miniature holiday and they have to go back to work. That's so fucking stupid. For three weeks. Just to, to remind you. Hey, don't forget. This is here. What are you going to get done in those three weeks? What does anyone ever fucking get done? I mean, I know work gets done. But there's a reason the hiatus was invented. And that's where you take off a long amount of time. Maybe three months. Around this time of year. To rejuvenate yourself polish your direction to refocus why wouldn't why would why wouldn't you want to do that in american society we have a token taste of this a little tokeny taste and that tokeny taste is uh thanksgiving for a week and then Christmas, New Year's, you know, and I've had years where I worked through both, worked straight through. I've also had years where I celebrated through both. This year, we're trying to celebrate through both. Not in in excessive abundance. I mean, I think we're still working and everything, but you know that feeling you get during the holidays? I think it's important to, to take note of that feeling and attempt to extend it. That's the key. You know? There's a whole Ray Charles song about this. Um, If you know the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which I recommend watching on loop during this time of year, just as background noise to your family, sets the right tone, uh, along with... uh, You could alternate it with Home Alone. And you have the perfect holiday energy. Frantic, yet playful. (laughs) That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what you need. You need frantic, yet playful energy. Isn't this great to be walking in the woods together? Isn't this better than watching football? Hear the planes overhead? These fucking planes. point I wanted to make, though, was you should be conscious of the way you spend your holidays instead of just kind of floating through them. You know? But Maverick, I just need a break, blah, blah, blah. No, listen. You're missing the point. The reason we have these breaks, these holidays, is so you can refocus what you're about. And you can think about that, and you can let it excite you. 
And that build in momentum is what's supposed to carry you through the rest of the year. Get it? So, if you just lazily coast through them, somebody else gets to program you. And make no mistake about it. For those who choose not to be masters of themselves, they are condemned to have others become masters over them. Now, I have a little list here. Real quick. Sorry about all the throat clearing and and voice stuff. It's pretty cold out here. And uh, I'm just not used to it. I got a a quick interview here, a 15-minute interview with a naked cowboy. Um, Very similar to the guy from... uh, What the fuck is that movie called with the naked Indian? We're not worthy. We're not worthy. Um, I keep wanting to say Cheech and Chong. It's fucking me up. Um, God damn it. Everyone's screaming it out. What if I was doing this on purpose? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't think of it. What is it? Wayne's World. Um, so, I had a quick interview that I did in a hot tub in Joshua Tree with this cowboy that I had been climbing with all day. No homo, okay? Totally honest relationship. We're just climbing partners. We went to the top of this giant rock. I climbed back down. Nothing unusual about that. Tight-fitting harnesses. Okay? And then we were in a hot tub afterwards. Nothing weird about that either. <clears throat> and he t- I started asking him about his family and stuff. And I said, we were actually about to check out an Airbnb. So I said, hey, we have 30 minutes. Let me do a 15-minute interview. So if it seems like I'm being kind of frantic during the interview, which I remember kind of like rushing along and trying to direct the conversation... Uh, that's because we, I had, a, I literally had 15 minutes, and at the end there is the fucking best twist ever. So check that out. Oh my god, is it good? 15 minute hot tub interview. <clears throat> For those of you who shit on the idea of hot tubs, by the way, oh, just sitting in your own filth, man. It's like a bath. No. There are filters and chemicals for that shit, okay? We're not retards. Oh, I hear kids. Sunday, what are you going to do? Busy weekend. Oh, man. Okay, well, we're going to cut to that interview. And then after that, I want to say a quick thing about Hong Kong. And then uh, we'll talk about the book club. Give you some winter media. And then it's on to the fucking music, folks. This month, best music. It just keeps getting better. I'm not going to lie. It just fucking fast forward and just listen to the music. I'm posting them separately now. That's fine with me. It's banging. It's fucking banging. You know? This episode kind of got skewed because um, I had all this elaborate shit planned, but I pushed it to the... New Year's Eve uh, slash Christmas episode. Or I should say Winterfest episode. <clears throat> so, uh, here we go. This is an interview. This took place in Joshua Tree, California uh, in 
November 2019, and uh, it's got some adult content, so get ready. The way we'd like to, because of today's society, kind of pulls apart, pulls us apart. What's your idea? How tight is your family, like, in terms of, like, I don't even know the nature of who's left, what, what's going on. Uh, I don't know much, your whole family dynamic. I don't have much as far as, I mean, my mother. And where's uh, she? North Carolina. And she have a husband or no? No, they got separated actually not too long ago. But they were together since I was twelve. So he was like the guy. He was who, your dad. Yeah, he was the guy who basically you know taught me to shave. You know, really. Raised me, you know, in that way. He was that father figure. Hey. Nice. But he never. Uh, but he was always. Uh, he was really. Hold on, tell that story you told earlier about the Brussels sprouts. Because uh, <laughs> that's just illustrative of the kind of should, experiences should that we had. Well, that podcast? wasn't that wasn't him though. That wasn't him. That was not my stepfather. That oh, was my real that? father. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. if you don't mind, he was me the asking, what happened guy. to him? Uh, we, my parents separated when I was like three. Mm. Separated, yeah. and then he still in your life. And I haven't talked to him since I was like mm. so long. It's been since I was like seven or so, maybe eight. He just kind of stopped calling, stopped, like... Yeah. Because they had, I had, you know, they had separate custody, you know, and so I would go over there all the time. And Unfortunately, that's not an uncommon story from that time period. Yeah. yeah. I ended up getting, uh, like, my Christmas cards and stuff. It would be in his new um, wife's handwriting and stuff. And so I was like, man, he's not even writing that. So. That's heartbreaking. And you real you grasped that at that age? I did, I think, uh, to an extent. You're yeah. like, my dad, my own dad doesn't want to write me. Well, yeah, and I think I kind of like, I was good at shielding it, you know, I think, at, you know, acting like it didn't really matter. And so you would say your childhood was kind of turbulent? Well. I mean, just in terms of like no, continuity. I would not say that at all. You had a blessed childhood, but in terms yeah. of continuity, psychologically, it was like sort of. You had I mean, to adapt to it a little. That, yeah, I would say would, that was like the biggest thing, you know. Other, than, I mean, my mother's oh, fantastic. Like, yeah. She, you know, can't ask for more. And my stepfather the same way. Once uh, when they got married, you know. So one of the things I wanted to ask you was like, uh, growing up, been did you did you guys observe all the traditional rituals? Did you do Christmas, Easter, all that shit? Yeah, to an extent. Or did without, you do you? What did you do? Church, oh great! So what did you guys around. do? You know, I mean, we put up a tree and you let's know, be specific. Let's be specific. Did you decorate it like weeks beforehand, or were you one of those families that did it like that? On, I know people who do it on Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah, I don't know. Usually closer, you know, closer to the end. But so it wasn't about Christianity or anything like that. Did they tell you any like? Basically, I'm exploring the idea of that, starting new rituals for our family. Yeah, yeah. Right. So totally. What? Like you, you said, I love do? the Winterfest stuff, you know, because it yeah. doesn't involve... So what would you yeah. guys do? I'm curious if you weren't religious. Um, you know, it was it was probably a lot of the same sort of, you know, Tropes. rituals yeah. and thing, yeah, that you would do otherwise, but minus the the idea that, like, you know, we're not reading scriptures, you know, we're right. not going to church at the time, you know. So is there... My point is this... practicing the same... I do think that the church is really good at creating thing, messages to create focal points, and if you just have all the other stuff around their message, then it sort of feels, like, listless. And so what I want to try to do is inject those again... Right. Like, s- tribally, centrically. Your family didn't... They say grace or hold hands or do anything like that? No. 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 
Yeah. I think my mother did when she was younger, and I think that's what you know passed those things along to mm-hmm. us, you know, because she, they would go to church and they would what about say grace and they would. Um, my mother made me very aware of, you know, that it wasn't the, you know, the whole, this idea of the Indians and pilgrims getting together for. Oh, a she piece, tra- she know. told you that. What did she tell you? It was yeah, I think. Uh, well, that what the tradition was. I mean, yeah, I, mean, like, I don't even know if my I family was like told at any me... point was like, hey kids, this is why we do this. It was just a gathering time, and we held hands and said fucking grace, and right. everybody was grateful to be around each other. But there were never any like, you know, one thing I've noticed hanging out. Uh, with other people is that uh, like especially the a lot of honestly the Jews I've been hanging out with in LA they all like to say <laughs> proper prayers they go through a very strict they actually have a format there's a format for it yeah. and so it's structured and uh, there's a lot of value in that as long as you're congruent with the message right right so yeah. I like the idea of being like hey guys we're gonna take this moment to recognize this first before we indulge did your family do anything totally. like that um, oh yeah, my mother was kind of in, you know, in touch. I think in that way, as far as like uh, the natural world, uh, kind of understanding that you know we're we're lucky to have been blessed with these things, with these foods, these uh, ex- you know these experiences, this roof overhead, and whatnot, and giving thanks for it. You know, she made me very. She so I used to have a snake as a kid <laughs> at one time. I used to go and uh, I had to kill the rats or kill the mice, you know, and uh, so she just made me very aware that, you know, these things were giving their lives, you know. So you, they thing. didn't take you to pet store to buy food. They're like, you're if you're going to have a fucking snake. Yeah, I mean, I think essentially that's the way you need to do it anyways. I mean, with that type of snake. But you know. don't put put a live one in there? You can't do that? No, it can, you know, damage the snake's eyes. They, they can fight back, right? And so sure. you don't want your snake to get hurt, right? And so you... They, I mean, you unfortunately, I have experience with this because I had a friend with ball python, and they would give them feet like alive, yeah. fetal mice. Oh uh, yeah. That fetal couldn't ones, fight back, fight and you're back, like, yeah. this is fucking. I can't watch this. Yeah, yeah. I can't watch this. I'd rather see an old salty rat get drowned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's already lived a life. But. Uh, oh, so they no, they, was, they made you they were trying to teach you the reality is, of life. You know, yeah. yeah, I think that, that you know things are not given for free. You know this. You know, things give their life, you know, whether it be the meat that we ate. I was, mm-hmm. veg- I think I was vegetarian up until I was like, until I could make my own decisions, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, oh. Not that she, you know. They were vegetarians? My mother was, and I think it was because of, or, you know, I was, and I think she was too. She's not anymore. But I think it was because of, you know, in, in those times, you know, thinking about, you know, the animals giving their lives up, you know, and, and how we don't, you know, we don't honor that, you know, that, that beef we bought. You know, well, we didn't do any rituals here. I know. You know, we're and, just on vacation. Being yeah, vacationers. And, but uh, in general, as a whole, we don't honor these things that we're constantly that we're eating. You know, people we don't. Have no we don't every to this time, stuff. which is how it should be. You're because right. if you had and, to kill something every time, you would yeah. do the honor every time. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's we should consider that as a ritual every meal, and that's sort of what Saint Grace is. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I believe we're onto something more. It's like like nature centric when we like say grace to what we're eating, not to some right other whatever gave that animal that that animal walked in front of you on purpose <laughs> he was given to you yeah <laughs> by divine yeah something but uh if that's you know man if that's what you believe that's fine i'm just saying for us the baby's waking up you hear that 
okay, I have to interject at this point and say that um, my, <laughs> I had an agreement with my partner because I was doing an interview that she would go <laughs> and get the baby uh, because I was listening to this audio playback and it looks like I just ignore the baby, <laughs> the baby crying, which is obviously I would not do. <laughs> and I, you can hear if you look, listen closely when I make eye contact with her and I'm like, you got the baby, right? Okay, cool. Um, anyway, I just felt the need to point that out because it looks like I just talked through the baby crying and I, <laughs> I had a hard time doing that. You can hear it. I get quiet. I just want to listen. <laughs> anyway, back to your regular broadcast. And that concludes. Oh, what is your fit? No, I'm just kidding. Um, if you know, do you think? Uh, but I think that's good what you guys are doing. You know, per, you know, thinking about creating these rituals that aren't necessarily, you know, mindless. Yeah, and also that don't, you know, adhere to something that you believe in yourself. You know, rather than something that somebody just told you that this right. is why we're doing this. Right. right. And this is, you know, because we did it before like this, and whoever you know. Which that it's kind of passed down is important. It's yeah. important to have a lineage of things and a pedigree of things, and I think, but unfortunately, the, it's missing this the tribal centric component because it, it all begot it all became sort of co opted and and turned into like this group nationalism or whatever it is kind of indoctrination instead of like really pay attention to the members of your tribe and the things that they're taking and being grateful for that shit and how your relationships are between each other. That's the hardest fucking part, man. Anybody can get around a table and eat an amazing meal. But if we're going to have a day where it's like a different one. Ideally, we abolish Thanksgiving and every day is a fucking Thanksgiving. And we, we live that way, right? Yeah. Instead of like these fake purges. <laughs> we're going to be grateful on this day. All right. Now I have a drive-thru. You know? Yeah, people are... Uh... Pretty gluttons, pretty much every day. I'd say these days. My last question for you is: uh, even though you usually dress like a cowboy, <laughs> it seems like uh, you're you're exceptionally connected to nature. Not that cowboys aren't; they are in their own way. But I think if you're following my train of thought here, you'll understand what I mean. There's a difference between like a true John Muir conservationist and someone who's like working cattle. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And even though you dress like a cowboy, and I drive a fucking six truck, truck, yeah, you know? right. We all fight our own. But battles, you are right? a conservationist. All, yeah, I would say it's essentially. But we all, you know, like I said, we fight our own battles, right? We, you know, I, I think have you ever heard the phrase you know, "sends but it your gets fathers. me the places I want to go"? You know, in order to enjoy, you know, them. Um, yes, this is good. I loved, one of the reasons I grinned when you told me your mom was a vegetarian is like, I just loved the dichotomy between her making you kill rats for your snake and being a vegetarian. <laughs> I was like, what? I had to throw him against that wall. No! What? I took him in my hand and I threw him you against the wall. You shut your mouth. And then I sprinkled tobacco and I thanked them for their lives, you know? And, uh, but I did that every damn day for a while. <laughs> these snakes. Are you fucking kidding me? It was rough. I would cry. I used to cry at the beginning, you know? I was young. Dude, I was you like just blew my fucking mind. Or something, That's like know? a scene out of Empire of the Sun or something. Where it kills the mouse. <laughs> I'd just be crying. <laughs> I think that's God, the movie. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Every day? 
fucking almost every day. They eat, no, no, they didn't, they didn't eat every day. Okay, so I want to be honest with you, Ben. Any other cult behaviors that your family took part in? If we examine this in a legal dialogue, that's fucking child abuse, okay? Was there any other cult behaviors? Did your dad have like 12 female friends? No, it's not your decision. You're a child. You're being told what to think. You're told that these are your two options. When in reality, there are many options for dealing with a fucking... I read about it. I did my own research. They said how do you feed snakes best, right? Throw a mouse against the wall. Everyone knows that. Yeah, it was not like a... You know, this just became amazing content. It went from being like mediocre, like very deep, deep shit. Like, yeah, if people are vibing with what he's trying to say, they might listen to this. To great content. All of a sudden. That's what happens. Well, you know, here's to. And by the way, guys, we are not advocating throwing mice <laughs> against the walls to teach your children about nature. Unless not you have to. Unless you have a no, you don't. Situation. You, there's so many humane ways to end a mouse's life. Okay, you could. You know, I thought of like different ways. You know, don't. I mean, if you had a snake and you were worried about getting. <laughs> getting I to be, can I tell you, be honest with you, what I would do. Oh, geez. this is a little dark, oh, but this is what I would do. Oh, okay. I would somehow either. Chemically, biologically, or physically stun the mouse so he couldn't damage the snake. That's and what let I the did. I finish. physically stunned it. No, you sounds like you killed mice every day. Uh, I physically stunned them. That so that was the stun. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. What do you? How else are you gonna do it? Think about it. I would do it. No, 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 no. Neurolinguistic programming. I, I would lull the mouse into a hypnosis. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried. It into a work. sleep state. Okay. <laughs> yeah. To a subambulistic state yeah. where it's very suggestive. Okay. I would lull the mouse into state. And then I would put that mouse in the cage. Get mouse. And before this, I'd have somebody else really getting the snake primed. Like, dude, you're a fucking murderer. Probably somebody from like the East Coast. Yo, you can go in there. This is a mouse. You do whatever it takes to feed. You need to feed. Um, yeah, that's how I do it. I paint numbers on the fucking snake and stuff. Paint numbers on the snake. Just for him to feel good. Like, these are belts. Forty snakes. I mean, 40 mice. No, oh, no. on the mice. No, on the snake. Like, how many <laughs> mouse he's had? Like, lions. Dur, 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 dur. Like a jet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. That's a horrible situation. And a perfect ending point. I could... <laughs> Life is fucking insanely complicated. It just it illustrates, like... How... Your mom sounds like a very civil person. She's incredibly civil, I would say so. But I have not in my life watched someone make a child throw a mouse against a wall. She Here's the thing... <laughs> I, again, she didn't make me do it, man. I chose to have yeah, the snake. I chose to feed it in this manner because I didn't want the snake to be, you know, hurt by the mouse. And so this is my decision, you know. But she uh, added the component you know, she, of ritual of yeah, the tobacco. exactly. Helped me yeah, like, figure it out. Sort of psychologically reconcile Exactly. This. How are you going to? Because yeah, exactly. we're in a weird environment where you're just required to take and it's uncomfortable. And a lot of people want to pretend it's not happening by eating vegetables. But... You're still taking vegetables. Oh, vegetables have little tiny things living on them. It also takes a lot to cultivate them. You gotta kill them to eat right, them. Right, it's all life, <laughs> so you have to be grateful. Oh, this poor bitch. Gratefulness. All right, well we can. Uh, thanks for sharing this, Secret yeah, Cowboy. It's good. You're gonna go on the podcast, a Secret Cowboy. <laughs> secret Cowboy. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. I won't. The very body that they said
can never be sold because the time is wrong. A few years later, I'm doing Conan the Barbarian and it was the number one hit at the box office when it came out in the summer of 82. Think about that. And the director says, if we wouldn't have had his body, we would have had to build one. So all of a sudden, my body became an asset, not a liability. And the same thing was with Terminator. After we were finished filming Terminator, Jim Cameron said to the press, if Arnold wouldn't have had that accent and talked like a machine, I think the movie wouldn't have worked. So think about that. The body and the accent that they attacked was an asset. But I didn't listen to those losers. I didn't listen to them at all. Because that's exactly the way it was in politics again when everyone said no, 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 and it can't be done. And I became governor of California. And this is with everything like that. It's just the reality of it is, is that you cannot listen to the naysayers. So this is a very important lesson for all of you. So when someone says, no, this is a stupid idea, you in your mind, you don't have to say it, but in your mind, just say to yourself, fuck you. You're an asshole. What do you know? I love you. If someone says to you, to you, if someone says to you, if someone says to you, no, this is a stupid idea. It's not gonna work. You just you don't have to say this out loud, but you didn't say this in your head. Fuck you. You're an asshole. I gotta work on that. We're gonna work on it. You know what I've decided? Honestly, if you listen to that, it's like some kind of a. Jewish Arnold. <laughs> I've been thinking too much about like religious implications of the holidays. I don't know how the Swiss Germans celebrate the holidays. It has to do with some kind of like a melting cheese and like a bobsled. And uh, you, you hike for seven hours to get to a small restaurant where they have the best strudel in all of the mountains. And you kill a small goat, and you show the goat who is the boss. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Um. <clears throat> yeah. That that pre. I just this whole interjection was to apologize for the quality of the previous impression. You know what? We can do Arnold a lot better than this. Okay. All right. Now I want to say a few things about Hong Kong. Um, not much. I don't have like an opinion here. I just want to bring people's attention to the fact. God, what is these? What are these dogs doing? I want to bring attention to the fact that in Hong Kong. Dogs are losing their mind because of these kids. All right. I just want to bring attention to the fact that in Hong Kong, you know, the news is reporting this as like, hey, in Hong Kong, there's more protests. They're having a revolution. 
we're waiting it out. <laughs> Watch, it won't even be in the recording. <clears throat> it occurs to me that I use a lot of language, which is visual, like look here, see this, uh, see what I say. I'm aware of this, okay? So just, you know, just like, fuck. <sighs> this is fucking so typical. Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. All right, I want to mention uh, Hong Kong really briefly here. Uh, you know, in the news media, you... You see them bring up Hong Kong and they're like, protests still going on for six months. My goodness. They're having a revolution in Hong Kong. That's a revolution, guys and gals, folks, people out there listening. You know, all 12 million of you. <clears throat> it's more like 60, but that's okay. It's only the third episode. But I'll tell you. One of the things that people do a lot during the holidays is they sit around and they absorb media. You got to be conscious about what you're being subjected to. If you're not going to do that, you're really doing yourself a disservice because people will program you. It's just, it blows my mind that, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it happened. People, like, just, there's a certain level that people want to turn off and not be responsible for whatever's happening to them. Um, and that's why we have things like the government where we outsource all our need to kill people in other countries and all that stuff. It's their job. And we turn our brains off to a certain degree. It's weird. But... <clears throat> full-on revolt you know this is history happening right now they just arrested 1300 students and supposedly found 4,000 bombs that means each one of those students made like three bombs you know some some of them could only make two bombs they just weren't as good I only made one bomb it's okay Chucky made five you know, students, but that's a lot of bombs. I don't, <laughs> first of all, I don't believe the media anymore. They've been proven to be liars repeatedly. Uh, so what are we to believe? You know, what I do know is that there's unrest over there that's bonkers. I mean, I think, I don't know anybody who's been over there. I haven't heard any first degree reports. <sighs> But the point I'm making is this. We're entering the 1984 phase, ladies and gentlemen. We are entering the book. It is now uh, a psychological battlefield. And the holidays are one of the prime times when they like to program you on Black Friday and Cyber Morn Day. Yes, yes, all the evil black cube influences want you to buy things and deplete your power. Yes, yes. Feel sad during the holidays. The helicopters are coming to get you. (laughs) 
close to the city. It's time to begin scouting lands on the frontier again. It's time to listen to an epic DJ mix. An exercise like no human has ever exercised before. Because we can do that. When someone broke the four-minute mile, a bunch of people broke the four-minute mile. Why don't you do something incredible? Who says you can't? My last idea or offering to you is this. If you have a initiative you think you're going to start on New Year's, if you have some kind of idea that you're going to resolve to do, a resolution, I think you should start it now. I did. I started mine in October. It's going hard. I knew the holidays were gonna were gonna kick my ass with the food because I'm trying to do pretty much a keto diet, but uh, what I like to just call a normal human optimal diet, which is lots of animal proteins, uh, a variety of vegetables. That's it. <laughs> you know, protein and vegetables. Um, of course, the cornucopia of options during the holidays makes it difficult. I made as many great ones uh, that stayed within that lane. But still, you know, it's fun to have a pumpkin pie around. Ah, yes, a pumpkin pie. Anyway, my challenge to you would be to spend the holidays... Uh, without making any comments online, just just don't feel the need to reach out. This is something I'm working on in myself. It's not because I have a problem with it. It's because I've only reached out probably, you could probably count on four hands. Less than 20 times the number of times I've reached out and commented on stuff. A lot of people would say you're a selfish interneter. You just post and leave. I don't think comments help anybody. Were they gonna help you? You gonna help me get pumped? I forgot to get pumped up or something. I don't. I don't get it. So, spend the holidays not commenting. Spend the holidays contributing just great pictures. I'm talking specifically about Instagram here. And Yelp, people who go on and put up, oh, this restaurant, these guys, it's terrible service. It's the fucking holidays, man. People are tired. Give them a break. You know, I just have never understood comment culture. You know what you should be doing instead of commenting? Strapping on your shoes and going for a run. Yeah. And circulating your body uh, and drinking lots of water and trying to make yourself the best monkey-noid that this planet's ever seen. All right, enough talky-talky. My last recommendation is the movie Aspen Extreme. Get over your uh, insecurities when when you feel the first twinge of, uh, man, this is corny. 
just fucking ignore that. That's your insecurity. That's what corniness is. It's like you're, it's trying to connect with you emotionally, and you're like, no, I don't want to feel those emotions. This is, you need to work harder at it. That's fine. This is just a piece of art. Suspend your disbelief. Watch it. Because I can tell you from experience, oh, man, this is exactly what it's like to become a ski-slash-snowboard instructor. This movie I watch every season. I would encourage you to adopt a ritual of watching one movie every season, either by yourself or with others, but no matter what, a season never goes by without it. I'm on my 15th year, maybe 17th. And uh, it gets better every year. It gets better because I remember the context from all the previous years each time. It's like a flood of emotions. I'm not going to lie to you. It's definitely a hard movie for me to watch at some points. But uh, that's because life is a struggle, man. And and these guys did a great job of painting a picture uh, of what a, a silly, absurd... A career choice like making, uh, teaching snow sports to people, a career choice. Like that's, you know, there's certain families where that wouldn't even be an option, you know, for many reasons on top and the bottom. And so I'm super grateful uh, to have had the opportunity to do that. And it's, it's made me fall in love with the mountains because I spent so much time in the mountains and Like I'm, I can't wait to raise my son in the mountains, where we all belong. You know, in nature, in in the place where there are seasons and snow, and a forest. And I wonder if these dogs are completely boning this monologue. Oh well, it's it's fine. The holidays. That's what it's about. It's really about enduring what happens around you and being graceful at the same time. Yeah, I'm patient, whatever, it's all good. Meanwhile, stab, stab, stab. No, just kidding. Instead of playing Monopoly with everybody, encourage everyone to play a creative game. Instead of watching football, you know, do whatever you have to do. You may have to sit there and endure that shit. Who knows? The programming goes deep, you know. It's so important. (laughs) Oh, man. And don't boil your milk, because you wouldn't want to set it on fire. Oh, I can't breathe. That's Burt Kreischer, by the way. That's from his <laughs> That's from his TV show, Something's Burning, internet show, Something's Burning. All right, my name's Maverick Matthews. Go, go follow me on Instagram, the underscore real underscore Maverick Matthews. Go and check out this podcast on iTunes. <laughs> You're already checking it out, man. <laughs> now subscribe to it because I, that's a, that's a big deal for us people who do this. If you're not gonna go to my website and buy a T-shirt, go fucking subscribe to my podcast. You lazy piece of shit. I love you though. I love you. Ah, the fucking holidays. Just know that the next one is cooking delicious. Uh, really, I put most of my time on this one into this music, and you're about to fucking find out why. Pepper-free steak.
shirts are now available at maverickmatthews.com so go to the website and buy yourself a t-shirt this is the only source of income for this podcast because i didn't want to have advertisers fucking your ear holes and all this other dumb shit well looks like i ended up fucking your ear holes anyway thank you it's been a pleasure whether or not you buy the t-shirts i'm glad we had that mix. Keep on trucking. Until next time, have a fresh steak. El Dorado Hotel, Reno, Nevada. My God, this town is wretched. What happened to Reno? Whatever was Reno? I don't know. Uh, I, I think in my memory, I only came here one other time. And uh, I'm pretty sure... See, last night I spent about 20 minutes talking to a large streetwalker who tried to pick me up. Uh, I told her I was also working. And... Uh, and then we just started chatting about the industry. Really, I just wanted to pick her brain about what the fuck was happening in this town. And she's like, yeah, for some reason, the slow season, when there's no people, it just seems really depressing. I'm like, uh, you think? I guess Reno is one of those low-grade, low-caliber party spots for, like, I don't know who comes here, but conventions, I guess, that need to that have to put everybody in one place and they don't want to pay for Vegas? How cheap is Vegas? I don't know. Who comes here? All I know is for $150, I got a 15th floor suite, 750-square-foot suite with a wall, two walls of windows at a corner uh, and a giant three-person hot tub in the corner of the room with huge tiled inlay, Two large couches, sitting area. One of the couches is a fold-out. You feel a lot of people... No, no, it's not a fold-out. I'll be damned. I should check this couch for drugs. Um, you know, you fit a lot of people in this room. <gasps> Are those fucking panties? Yep, I found some nasty panties in the couch. Now, the ordinary guest would probably stop there. If you find panties, there's probably some hookers' panties too. This is called the Player's Suite. Everything about this town feels like 
creepy and weird. First of all, when you drive in, there's a grayness to it, like a like an actual tone of gray. And I think it's because of the large use of unpainted cement, I guess. It's like the beta version of Vegas probably back in the day when they first started putting up cement buildings. And to hide the cement, they just put in a shit ton of neon. Well, Vegas has gone over, gone through, I don't know how many multitude of facelifts in the last decade. Even the last 50 years, it's fucking a different town. Uh, You know, there's still some hangers on. But, like, they didn't even make it, like, Reno didn't even make it to, like, the 80s phase where it became, like, family playground. So in Vegas, they got, like, Treasure Island and Excalibur and all this bullshit, right? No drugs on the couch. I've only found drugs on the couch once. And that was... From a Trek America trip when I was young. And when you find a little tiny baggie of pressed pills, you can be pretty sure you know what you're getting. Especially when you can look the stamp up. But, you know, I was responsible. Back then, Dance Safe was still around. Took it to a... (sighs) Took it to a Dance Safe, made sure they were the right things. You know, I just want to put out there, of course, I'm not looking for drugs in the couch to do. I'm looking for drugs in the couch to make sure this damn hotel room is safe for the next guest. Okay? What kind of freak would do drugs he found in a couch? There's probably three or four that I would do. If I found a sheet of uncut blotter acid, that would come with me. A little baggie of mushrooms. You can be pretty sure those aren't adulterated. And then you don't just take a huge dose, you take a little piece. Why am I on drugs already? This town makes you want to do drugs, but not for the right reasons. Makes you want to do drugs to forget that you're fucking here. I mean, I basically wandered the breadth and length of this hotel about four times. And there's three hotels that are connected. It's the El Dorado, the Silver something, which is green. uh, And then... The Circus Circus, which is a miniature version of the one in Vegas and actually does have one stage where people are performing weekly. I mean, not not in a strong way. Like, I'm standing on a bicycle. Yeah. Dude, what is this fucking place? There's no drugs in the couch. Every time I go to Vegas, I find drugs in the couch. Almost every time. Mostly because I pay the maids to leave it there. There's some kind of weird concrete dome here, too, and on the inside of it is, like, this dilapidated yet well-lit structure. I don't know. I can't tell you I think you should come to Reno. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to Reno for this review. It's nothing personal. I just think you guys all should move somewhere else, somewhere better. You can all do better than this. They should test atomic fucking bombs in this city. Uh, not while there's people in it, but they should just like, (laughs) I've been trying to think of what I think they should do with this place. 
Um, because the first thing that needs to happen is it just needs to be leveled and, and wiped out, like a dry erase board where a section, like you tried to draw a letter and it got all gobbledy. So you just like, <coughs> re redo. The military defense budget can absorb some of the cost of the business owners for these buildings. Just give them each a hundred million dollars and be like, okay, guys, you made enough fucking money up there. You greedy fucks, you know? I mean, there's fucking homeless people everywhere in the street. There's street walkers everywhere. There's no women in this town, by the way. I went to a bar and counted, like, I don't know, six women under the age of 50. Not that I care personally, but I mean, like, this is not the environment I want to hang out in. I want to hang out in a place where it feels like you want to do drugs because you're surrounded by amazing shit that would be improved on drugs like you're just gonna you know you just want to kind of and when i say on drugs i mean have a couple beers smoke half a joint and just relax you know not poison yourself and get all fucking dumb you know i joke about drugs on the couch and shit but a place like this town it makes you like when i say it makes you take drugs for a different reason it makes you take drugs to escape have have you built a Reno of your life where it looks great in photographs and on paper, but when you spend time there, when you take time to actually spend time in the town of your life, are you looking for drugs under the couch or are you excited to get out and go ride the streets, go walk the streets, go explore, go do whatever it is you do, climb mountains, fly planes around, ultralight airplanes, fly those around. Because I, I spent one poorly slept night in this town, and I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. I cannot imagine living here. Once again, if you live in Reno, nothing personal, okay? It's not your fault. I've been to several American cities lately that have this darkness over them. It's a gray sadness. It's what I imagine Russia feels like all the time. All these concrete buildings I, and all these poor people just feeding their addictions to escape their reality. It, it feels like at any moment you might see some kid jumping between the concrete buildings just because he's that fucking bored and, and strained and pressed to the limit. You know, some kid hanging off the top by his fingers just so he can videotape it and maybe get ahead. That's how desperate it feels here. We gotta do something about Reno, folks. Uh, I I vote everybody from Reno, move to LA, okay? And then we'll level this place, and we'll create the world's first replanted national park. So we'll turn it into a national park, and we'll and we'll just literally terraform it. We'll do our best at terraforming it from scratch and see how we can do, see how well we can match pictures of the early 1800s when people were first coming into like Yosemite and shit. You know, we could build a miniature Yosemite here. It'd be way better than whatever the fuck this is here, now. See, I'm not just a guy who complains. I'm giving solutions, people. Real solutions that we can do today. Like turning Reno into...
the world's first terraformed national park. People would fly from all over the world. Or, and this just occurred to me, I'm just going to say, not that I think this is a good idea, but, oh, I hate to say it, this fucking town is prime to be turned into, to just be leveled and then turned into a copy of Monument Valley and made into a Westworld. Also a good option. Probably equally expensive. But the robot uh, host thing, we got to figure that out on a little bit uh, less self-aware scale, maybe. You know, the riddle of that whole... Or the metaphor of that whole show, of course, which was based on a book by Michael Crichton. Uh, or a short story, rather. Uh, uh, you know, the whole premise is that... Uh, we're all kind of wandering through this life, acting like we're playing a game. Game other people want us to play. If you don't believe me, try not paying your taxes and see what happens. And if you don't make any money, it might take a while for them to get around to you. But oh, trust me, they will. Every dime, every penny, vacuumed up by this machine. Where are you going with all this, Maverick? There's hundreds of millions of dollars right here in Reno, and it just the only purpose of it that I can tell is casinos, which are vacuuming up the last of the couple dollars, 10 and $20 at a time. I got 20 of my dollars while I was sitting at a video poker machine because they didn't have video blackjack. Video blackjack, pretty rare because you can actually beat that game. Not common. vaporizer what Sam Tripoli calls the robot dick so I guess that's a good place to end this thought <clears throat> I'm up here in Reno to pick something up in a van and I'm gonna drive it back down sorry to be secretive but I don't want to jinx myself I'm gonna drive it back down to LA and uh to get out of here it's 7 15 in the morning i didn't really sleep i woke up at 1 30 and 6 30 basically programmed by the baby to get up at those hours now i realize and i smile even though i say this because that little guy is uh he's something not to change the subject okay so uh on my website you will see a link that says uh Please donate to the Turn Reno into the world's first terraformed national park fund. If, if Man, all these fake fucking links on my website, you're going to start thinking I, I don't actually need money. We do need money. Let's make a segue here. Uh, segue. Woo, 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 woo. 
don't know why I'm being so quiet. You know, this hotel room seems better insulated than any of my fucking apartments in my life. This giant concrete fucking brick. Selling the same bed over and over and over. Last night they told me it was 25% occupancy. It's pretty low. Go to maverickmatthews.com and buy a t-shirt. It is the only way to turn Reno into the world's first terraformed natural park. Yeah, we'll call it a natural park. Uh, And basically, we're just going to try to compete. Unfortunately, I have to say this. Lake Tahoe sort of went in the same direction. There's this weird fucking energy up here. It's like concrete grayness energy. It's like Portland, but without the rain. Maybe if everything were covered in snow, it would feel better and look cooler. But I don't know. I don't think so. As far as I'm concerned, we sort of botched this part of Nevada, like this upper corner where Tahoe and shit. I was just in Tahoe a couple weeks ago at a campground up there. And it's just the general attitude of everybody. It's sort of like, meh, meh, here I am, meh, meh. No one's psyched to be there. Except for the bartender who bartended on me last night, and I'm not sure if he was gay because he was happy. And he was in shape, shaved head, mustache. Uh, And I don't know if he was just, like, hitting on me or if he's just a happy guy. But he was the first, the only happy person I've seen here. But to digress and to wrap this little thing up in a bow... Go to maverickmatthews.com, buy one of our Snow Leopard Wilderness Institute t-shirts. That's right. The next segment is going to be on the Invisible College. Keep on trucking. Until next time, have a fierce take.